0: Thank you And welcome into another edition of Strong Style. I'm your host, Jeremy, the Impact York. And my goodness, my goodness, it has been a week. You know, not just one of those uh, personally things we all go through throughout the week and stuff. It has been a week of just outrageous action. Fantastic storylines. Because I'm not going to go, you know, I keep telling you guys I'm not going to go match by match. I'm going to go match by match. Well, I'm not going match by match in this one. I promise you. But we're going to talk, you know, Raw, NXT, and SmackDown. We're going to talk AEW, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor. We're going to talk UFC 256. We're going to talk about Backlash. I'm going to tell you about UFC Fight Night coming up. I'm going to tell you about the next Bellator. That is Bellator... 263. I'm going to tell you all the big highlights. I'm going to tell you about this really cool opportunity that I have where I get to run into a person that I kind of I kind of uh, get some news and stuff from. So that that's kind of cool. But, you know, happy Wednesday, guys. Happy Wednesday. Let's just get into it. I think because of all the fighting going on later, let's start. Let's just start it off by talking wrestling. Now, let's, uh, you know what, I'm going to start with, um, it's a non-WWE, because then when I talk about the WWE things, I'm going to talk about Backlash, and then we'll move right into fighting. That's uh, that's, that's how I think I'm going to do it. So let's start. Last week on Raw, and it continues, spoiler alert even this week. And you guys know, when I say spoiler alert, it's usually not much of one. I may tell you who wins a match or something like that, but... The main theme from Raw of last week that I want to talk about is that Peyton Royce, the recently fired Peyton Royce, was right, and oh my goodness, was she a thousand percent right! Now WWE tried to get around this a little bit by kind of smokescreening this for a couple of weeks, but if we if we remember, Peyton Royce went on talking Raw after Raw. Whatever the show after Raw is called, recently fired Peyton Royce. Remember, she was on that show. I, I, don't, I don't know the name of it. It's uh, it seemed like a pretty cool show, but I'm already watching enough content all week. I don't need the after show because most of the time, up until recently, there's not a lot of content on. It anyway, it's a chance for them to talk in more in depth about the storylines and things. But. Peyton Royce went on there, and it was our truth. And it was uh, the the new kind of interview media guy they got. I don't know his name. They don't feature him a lot yet. But she says, i want to make this easy." You know, I've, I've talked about this before. She goes, "I'm going to make this easy on you guys." I'm. Uh, I just got something to say, and so they kind of back off out of the way and clear the space. And she says she basically calls bs on the women's division not the talent wise because the talent's there there are some some of the best most talented uh female wrestlers in the world in the WWE right now now I could argue there's some other highly talented people in other places too however the mix they have in WWE is it's it's quite good quite good they they give you some interesting Matchups and things like that, but she said she basically called BS on it and here's what she called BS about Everybody's out there working hard, right? Everybody is out there working hard and yet the same three or four Women seem to be featured each and every week now other ones will get ice time I don't know if I said ice time. Uh, they'll, they'll get FaceTime. Sorry, there's a hockey game going uh, on the TV here. Uh, other female wrestlers, you know, the Dana Brooks and Mandy, they've got a pretty good tag team. Uh, even Naya and Shayna, who uh, had you know big run with the tag championships, they they get some good screen time. But when it comes down to the world title, well, it's here lately. It's it's three people. And I know they called the Audible because of uh, the Charlotte dust-ups and mix-ups. It was supposed to be Charlotte and Oshka, which, once again, there's, I mean, don't get me wrong, they're fantastic, and so is Rhea Ripley. But now we have this this big physical triangle between the three of them that, well, I mean, it'll probably be a feud that'll go all the way to a SummerSlam or... You know, early August and in September, something like that. Well, this is what Peyton Roy said: is other people deserve opportunities, even if they don't get them. You know, something we'll talk about here in a second is that Seamus doing the Seamus Challenge with the U.S. title of challenge of random people. This is that's when you get to feature people and and kind of give everybody a leg up to go. Hey, these people are good enough to hang with. You know, Seamus in this case, or or you know, other, you know, whoever the champion is, they're good enough to do it. We're just not going to necessarily have them win right now. We're just letting you know, though, that we appreciate what they do, and and they are fantastic. You know, I'll get into that. But no, Peyton Royce was right, and she got fired for it. As far as I know, her and Billy Kay have not surfaced in any of the big companies, but there's probably a 30, 60, or 90 day no compete. Knowing WWE, she would have probably warranted a 30 or a 60, potentially. But, knowing WWE, they probably bumped that to a 90, just to quote-unquote teach her a lesson. Yeah. But, uh, no, look at it. And uh, on Raw, it's Oshko. Rhea Ripley now. Charlotte. I mean... As much as the person I'm about to mention was was usually part of the mix too, um, I I miss Becky Lynch. I'm I'm waiting on Becky Lynch to come back or Ronda Rousey. I don't I don't know that Ronda necessarily is. She may it'd be a one off. She does, but um, uh, Becky two belts. Where's the man? Uh, it, if you bring her back and throw her in the mix, then that gives Oshka a break. That gives. That gives uh, uh, one of the other ones a break. You know, Charlotte's just kind of getting back in it. Rhea just got called up, and then now she's the champ. But she's good enough. She has the clout to do it. But some of these other girls, I don't understand why. It, and it doesn't have to be title matches or anything like that. But, you know, there for a second, Lana got a, uh, a shot to show her, her skills and, and how they've improved. And, and a couple other people did here and there. But then here we are again. Featured on Raw is it's the same three people. It's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. you got to change it up a little bit here and there. You know, world title picture, you can have McIntyre have the belt for an entire year like you did. But he had a handful of different challengers. It wasn't the same one over and over and over again. It wasn't, you know, McIntyre and Randy Orton for eight months, you know. You just got to change it up. And like I said, I'm going to go right into the Seamus challenge. Uh, he's had Ricochet. He's had Humberto Carrillo. That kid's just spectacular. Ricochet has, has been a world-beater forever. One of the best pound-for-pound pound on the planet. And uh, Seamus, no, no discount to him. He is fantastic. He is a big bruiser, but he can mix it up with a lot of people. Now, he's not going to flip and fly like these two, but... He's showing his range that he can wrestle with anybody and that's part of why he's the u s champion so these they're they're able to accentuate and show you some of these other talent you know that's how Kevin Owens debuted do you guys remember that John Cena was doing the uh, the weekly challenge and all of a sudden Kevin Owens debuts and beats John Cena and everybody was like wait who is this everybody who didn't know who Kevin Owens was before then maybe weren't weren't uh Big on his Kevin Steen days, but uh, I definitely like when they open these challenges like this. And and uh, you know, spoiler alert: Ricochet and Sheamus uh, got into it on the pay per view, and uh, then they they had another match on Raw. I highly implore you to watch that. But uh, I I definitely like that. I, I definitely liked where they were going with that. Uh, it looks like the Priest versus Miz and Morrison. Uh, it, it's close to running its course. Miz and have done a fantastic job of of helping Priest elevate just a little bit and kind of get him more on the map. Because uh, this 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 guy, man, he's he's gonna go to the top. You guys are gonna like Damian Priest. We'll talk more about him on next week's episode for a specific reason. And then lastly, the uh, the the other part of Raw that that I feel like you need to know about, and I, I thought was was a. Uh, a good breath of fresh air. Here is here is another guy who made an appearance. They have uh, given him better henchmen than the last time he was there. He's a returning guy. And uh, that's Jinder Mahal. Jinder Mahal is back. He has Veer and Shanky, who are his uh, henchmen. Behind him, they look like big bruisers. They look like uh, uh, good henchmen. You know, it, they could be a tag team down the road. But Jinder Mahal, man, he he come back. He's uh, he's not quite as ripped as he was that other time. We I think we kind of figured out why he may have been ripped at that time. That there was rumor. I never heard any any um, any confirmation on any of that. But you know, Jinder Mahal is a guy that they definitely should be pushing. I mean, not necessarily to the top right now, but he's a big-time contender people can either get behind or hate very quickly because he puts in the work, and people respect that. They do. And I know I did the opposite of what I just said, but we're going to hit WWE anyway. Let's go to SmackDown, then we'll circle around NXT. SmackDown. Uh, Natalia and Tamina are the new women's tag team champions. As they should be. It looks like Shayna and Nia are close to having their, their blow up, kind of blow off match against each other. Nia will uh, go back to being an okay wrestler, but just a big bruiser, and maybe Shayna can can get paired up or kind of repackage herself into just another or a big monster or machine like uh, like she is. but uh congratulations to Tamina and Natalia we needed to shake up they're good champions they uh they definitely deserve it Natalia's won belts a couple times. This is tamina's first i don't think it'll be her last she uh she's come a long way too she's uh she's doing quite well now uh Nakamura and Corbin. Nakamura, Corbin, Shinsuke, King Corbin, Baron Corbin. For people who don't remember what he is, before he was uh, a king or one King of the Ring, That was a good bump that he needed. The, these guys have just turned into the uh, the sideshow, and it's and it's not for lack of effort. I remember watching Nakamura. In New Japan, and he was probably the second or third most popular wrestler on the card. When Shinsuke Nakamura came out in the Tokyo Dome, which has like four billion people you could put in it, every one of them were clapping along, just going nuts. They love this guy. He came over here, he made a good splash. And now it's the typical WWE, just kind of sit over there until we have something for you. Corbin, same way. Former NFL lineman, I believe. He's a good worker. I know you can't feature everybody, and you do need, you know, sometimes you, you you need guitar and bass players and drummers. You can't all be lead singers. I get it. But at least they put the two of them in a match together. Where they they kind coming together, but I just that's why I wanted to mention that was to me it was it was one of the bigger things going on that these people are um, they deserve better than they're getting. Um, I could definitely see Nakamura eventually going back to New Japan. Corbin, I don't know. Corbin would. Um, I know the company that Corbin would do the best in, but money-wise, oof, that'd be a hit. Now, I do enjoy his Instagram videos, talking about Corbin, of course. Uh, he talks a lot about grilling, and uh, he is a big barbecue, kind of pit master type guy, so uh, go follow him for that, for sure. But, you know, here's to seeing them in some bigger roles here soon. I like the Jimmy and Jay Uso thing, where, you know, Jay is, uh, is uh, always about trying to... Um, know his place, and, and be under Roman's thumb. It's fine. And uh, Jimmy's kind of like, yeah, hey, we're not really about that. Yeah, we, we do support family, but uh, I don't know. So having Jimmy and Jay kind of battle it out, it'd be interesting to see which way they go. They could both side with Roman. They could both split away and go back to being the Usos, but um, for now, you got to keep at least one with Roman, and the fact that the other is not completely with him, I like it. And then, of course, Roman Cesaro, with all the build-up going into uh, Backlash, which happened this Sun or last Sunday. We'll talk about that in a minute. Let's go to NXT. Johnny Gargano and Bronson Reed are on a collision course. I believe... They may have faced this week. I have not seen this week's NXT. But it, Gargano, you look and you're like, oh, he's so small, and he's this, and he's this. And How does he match up with? No, he's, he's, he's like a taller Rey Mysterio. He is a, uh, uh, he was an indie darling. He really can match up with almost anybody. That's what's so great about NXT is you can put any two random people together, and it doesn't look like it's going to work, and it turns into a five-star classic. It seems like they're on a collision course. Um, I don't know. Bronson Reed winning the North American title wouldn't necessarily be a bad thing. But then I would I would want to see Gargano and Austin Theory maybe take a run at the tag titles at that point. Uh, just It would just kind of leave them kind of in a weird spot. So uh, you know, I would say Gargano would probably win the feud overall, but eh, if he didn't, so what? You got Cross, who is the champion, Finn Balor. This is the right matchup. Yes, he beat Balor for the title. But who better to take on Cross right now than Finn Balor? Pete Dunn still needs to do a couple more meaningful things. Kyle O'Reilly needs to do a couple more meaningful things. He's just now getting into the top tier. Pete Dunn is in the top tier. He's just got to do... He's got to – you can't just beat up Leon Ruff, which is what he did last week. Um, He's got to have a couple defining moments because Pete Dunne is really good. And Pete Dunne versus Cross, sign me up. But to make it come off the right way, he's still got a couple things to do. So give me Balor again. Give me Pete against – Gotta be somebody that accentuates what he does, you know. A um, little bit of brutality with just a lot of technicality. Gargano, not quite as much. I would, I would almost say Champa would be a good matchup, but he's doing the tag team thing. So, you know, I got the Pete Dunn Limbo is what it's called here. He's, he's in this weird spot where he's really, you know, he was with Danny Birch and only Lorkin, and Danny Birch got hurt. So that kind of split their group a little bit. He's not teaming with with Oni. Uh, Oni's Oney. not doing all that either. So it just kind of leaves him in this weird limbo. Where does he go from here? He's just kind of stuck there. He's good enough to be in the top, but he's not booked in the top. He uh, could take on some more of the, uh, the, the middle class he wanted, but uh, he just dominates all of them. So Oh, well, there's an idea. Why not Pete Dunn and Kyle O'Reilly? And they can beat the crap out of each other for a month or so and get the best of each other here and there, and in the end, Pete Dunn gets his leg up into a, uh, a feud with Cross. Let's go with that. Um, other things from last week. There was a cool ref spot in a match, and you don't get many rep spots in a match. Uh, It was Breezango versus MSK, MSK being the tag champions. We knew the belts weren't going to change hands or anything, but there was this weird exchange where Tyler Breeze and uh, Fandango and one member of MSK, I forgot which one it was now, I have to look at the video again. So they're doing this thing where they're kind of throwing each other into the ropes, and there's a leapfrog, and there's a drop down, and there's there's all this. At one point, both members of on go run into each other, and Tyler Breeze falls out and falls out of the ring. And uh, as he does that, Fandango, uh, or maybe he falls out, and Breeze runs back across the ropes, and as he jumps over, the MSK member, and then come, hits the ropes, comes back over. Uh, the referee is just right there in the middle of the way, so he does a drop down. He hops over to the referee. As he comes back around, the referee leapfrogs him real quick, and then they both. Just, or everybody just kind of stops and looks like, what just happened? But it was a cool ref spot. You don't get to see those very often. Go back and watch it. It was, it was fun. Um, you had Gonzalez and Martinez for the women's title. As good as Mercedes Martinez is, we knew we knew she wasn't gonna take the belt top Gonzalez. She just won it. Dr. Gonzalez just won it a month ago. They're kinda of wanting to push her as a new face down there because she's big, she's tall, she's lean, and rear rippy left. So we're just gonna give it to you down there. It's it needs to be a big bruiser for a little while. But uh, it was a good match. It kind of set Gonzalez up to look a little stronger than she is. Because Martinez has been on the indie scene for 20 years. Uh, they ended the show with Kushida defending against Escobar with the Cruiserweight title. Kushida's another guy that I used to watch in New Japan. I remember watching New Japan stuff. Um, him and Escobar, I think, could wrestle for three hours, and he'd never be bored. But now Escobar is about to be, unless he goes back to leading his little posse there, his little group, He's kind of in a weird spot, too, but you can only feature so many people. And It's just right now, there's, him and Pete Dunn are just in weird spots, and you can't put the two of them together because they're both heels. And then the last thing I wanted to say about NXT is, man, they really like Leon Ruff. But Leon Ruff, the more he gets showcased, I mean, Pete Dunn did a pretty good number on him this week. But the more he gets showcased, he reminds me of a young Jay Lethal. when Jay, Before, Jay Lethal was anything more than a skinny punk kid with, with some crazy braids in his hair. And he was in TNA at the time, now Impact Wrestling. But when Jay Lethal was just coming about, they used to put him in, in all kinds of random matches. He, he was kind of like the, uh, oh, we need somebody for this match, you go do it. And you kind of see where he's built to. He's, he's pound for pound one of the best people on the planet now. So, you know, not saying Leon Ruff could be the next Jay Lethal, but not saying he couldn't be. seems to have the heart and determination. He has some pretty good skill, and the fact that he's okay getting beat up by better people, it usually helps when you're starting out. Uh, that left us to backlash. As I said, this weekend, It, I would say it pretty much went chalk. Pretty much what we thought would happen. Like I said, Sheamus and Ricochet got into it on the pre-show. That led to a match last night. We'll talk about it later. Uh, You had the big triple women's match. Rhea Ripley ends up winning that one to keep the belt over Charlotte and Oshka. This was a really good match between three of the best in the company, three of the best in the world. problem with this is just what I said. It's the same three people every time you turn around. It just gets old. It's it's time for some new blood in there, and uh, I, WWE's got to do something different because every time we turn around, Charlotte's either running her mouth or in the title match, and it's just getting old. Um, Ray and Dominic become the first father-son duo to win the tag team championships, and as cool a feat as that is, didn't we all see this coming when Ray suddenly showed up with? Dominic in his corner, that at some point they were going to team, and at some point they were going to win the tag titles. And it's cool, but, you know, where do you go from there? They get to win the titles, they'll have them a little bit, and it's just this weird shuffle. So it is what it is. There was, uh, I mean, (laughs) the review that I read says the worst lumberjack match ever, but The Miz and Damian Priest did a, had a lumberjack match that, all the Lumberjacks were dressed up like extras from Batista's new movie, Army of the Dead, which apparently at some point had a sponsorship of this WWE pay-per-view. Uh, just, just chalk it up to it was a, uh, a heaping pile of, of your favorite animal excrement. It was awful. That's why they had to do the uh, makeup match on Raw last night. Uh, Bianca Belair keeps the women's title over Bailey. Whatever, that's... Fast forward through those. Uh, That led us to the triple threat match. Bobby Lashley retains his title over Drew McIntyre and uh, Braun Strowman. Braun's not strong enough. He just has come back. They haven't built him up enough. As big as he is, he just had no momentum going forward. So there's no way he was going to win. And Lashley just has beaten... McIntyre for it. Why would you immediately swap it over? Because then you make Bobby Lashley look weak. And Lashley's anything but but that. But uh, congratulations to him. He's actually getting a pretty good run as the champion. Something 10 years ago probably wouldn't happen. Now, Roman versus Cesaro. I think if they had more time to build up Cesaro, this could have been WrestleMania quality. It's going to be a good match because the two of them can work. You add in, you you know, Jay or Jimmy coming down there. You add in Paul Heyman's walking around. That's fine. We know the deck's stacked on Cesaro. We know they're not going to move the title, not yet, because Roman needs to be the champion. It's got the ratings through the roof right now. He kind of is the new Samoan Brock Lesnar. Is he that dominant? Not quite, but he carries himself as though he is a monster. And of course he retains, but Cesaro shows everybody, the ones who didn't know, now know that Cesaro can hang with those people. And all it takes is a couple shots of showing you can hang. Eventually you get a, a better shot at the title. Somewhere down the road, maybe he wins a big cage match or something like that. But uh, overall, pretty solid pay-per-view, really. WWE's had some stinkers this year, and that one wasn't one of them. They're getting a little better. They they had the right mix of people. They're doing. They're trying not to do an all Raw or an all SmackDown one, which are just boring because after a while we realize what the filler matches are. When you have both rosters being pushed like this, I wouldn't mind seeing a triple brand throw in NXT at some point. It'd be a little better. You have a little bit of a of a change up here and there, but this one featured all the big key players. There really wasn't a downtime. Even the monstrosity of a lumberjack zombie apocalypse, whatever that was, still was okay. Because the people involved were good. Uh, let's see. where, where um, Things from AEW. Yuji Nagata, the ageless wonder, he is got to be close to mid-50s or into 60s. Still in great shape. Can still wrestle. Kevin Moxley had a uh, New Japan championship match. You know, he is the uh, Moxley is the New Japan North American champion. Some, I don't know, U.S. champion, one of them. They got a lot of belts. It's hard to keep them in order. But they defended that on AEW. They're still doing this weird cross-promotion brand thing, but uh Nagata pushes Moxley, and he pushes him in a way, Moxley is used to kind of running around, doing kind of what he wants to in most matches. A lot of times he drags his opponents through matches because he's the one that could go for 30 or 40 minutes, and the rest of them have probably never been past 10 or 12. But in this one, This was toe-to-toe. It opened AEW. That tells you how highly they speak of it, how highly they think of it. And uh, Moxley retains. Of course he does. But we're going to keep seeing New Japan guys make appearances over here to take on Moxley and other things. The problem is is, is this was New Japan Moxley, so AEW Moxley was kind of taken out for the night. There was, you know, it kind of put all the AEW stuff on on hold so that he could defend this title. And that's just AEW doing New Japan a favor because he can't go to Japan right now without having to quarantine for like two or three weeks. And so he would miss all kinds of stuff. Uh, It looks like SoCal Uncensored is done. It looks like to me Chris Daniels is probably going to retire. He got cut up pretty good during the match. It it looked like he was trying to do his best uh, Stephen King's carry impression. With as much blood as was all over him. But it was his. It wasn't a... He didn't blade himself or nothing like that. He caught the side of the ring post when he was thrown into it. And just hit it at a weird angle. But uh, it looks like to me Chris Daniels is about to, to hang it up. Him and Kaz aren't going to be SCU anymore anyway. Because Arian will, will uh, keep doing his thing for a couple more years. This what it looks like to me. Uh, they did lose to the Young Bucks, and then they got beat up by the rest of the Young Bucks buddies. It, just, it also had no direction. It was just a match put together pretty much so that we could not see Cass and Daniels anymore. Uh, this next match, when I wrote down the note of it, has three exclamation points on it, and that's only because I was towards the end of the line on the page. Because Pack took on Orange Cassidy... And it was it was something out of the, the Dave Meltzer best of the year category. Their styles kind of mix with each other, but the way they can play off each other, this was just a masterpiece. It might have been looking at it. Yeah, it was probably it was probably the match of the night it was just so good it ended kind of kind of weird but it was because the winner of this is supposed to take on Kenny Omega at the new pay-per-view coming up uh, in a couple of weeks well thanks to Kenny Omega it ended up being kind of a double knockout neither one of them answered the 10 count so he him and him and Don Callis come out and say oh well nobody won so that means nobody's taking us Taken on us, that means uh, we, we get the night off. And then Tony Schiavone, trying to be relevant, walks in and says, well, I just heard that now it's a, a uh, three-way dance. So now it's going to be Pac versus Cassie versus Omega, which means Omega's still going to retain, but he's going to have two people that push him to the limits because Kenny's kind of been mailing it in the last few weeks. It's If, if you remember his New Japan work, he ain't the same Kenny Omega now. He looks old and slow. So, maybe these two will push him back up into the levels of being another, you know, best wrestler on the planet. Uh, Pinnacle and Inner Circle had kind of a dust-up. Again, after the big blood and guts, you would think it'd kind of be over, but no, the returning Jericho blasted them with water or milk or something. I'm not sure what it is. blasted Pinnacle with a bunch of stuff and... MJF gets on the microphone and says, all right, you guys want to do this one more time. They're going to have a match at double or nothing, which is the name of the pay-per-view coming up. The losing team disbands forever. I could make an argument for the inner circle losing, but Pinnacle's the one that would need to lose at this point. The problem is they just put Pinnacle together. But if you split the inner circle, then you're splitting the best thing you have going on your brand. It just I, I don't understand why you do things, put stipulations that are gonna hurt your product. That'd be like that'd be like McDonald's not offering cheese on hamburgers anymore. It's just you're gonna lose half your target audience if you break up the inner circle. And then one of my favorite moments of the match because, or of the, the night was, we have a new TN;T champion. Finally, it's not Darby Allen. Thank goodness he can go back to doing his jackass stunts with sting and all the other crap he likes to do, you know, falling down skateboard ramps in a body bag and tumbling down steps and whatever else floats his boat. Miro. Yup, used to be Rusev, Miro. He's got to got that ruthlessness back to him, and he destroyed Darby Allen. He destroyed him, and he is now the new TNT champion. That is the direction they need to go, because there are way better matchups with Miro than there are with Darby Allen. Uh, Impact Wrestling. Their women's division is shot, because they brought in Deonna Purrazzo. They had her run through the entire division. They brought in a handful of other people from all around the world, people who used to be employed there, and she ran over them too. And so now, outside of the, you know, pairing them up for occasional tag matches with the new tag division they've done, there's nothing for the women in the women's division to do because there's nobody to take on. None of the matches mean anything unless you're against her. And she's not even the best in the division. So they've, uh, once again backed that division into a corner. Let's let's see if they, I'm, I don't know, go ahead Peyton Royce. Talked about her earlier. She'd be different. She don't have to take on Perazzo out of the gate, but it'd be better than what we're watching. Uh, El Fantasmo's getting a big push. Looks like he, he won a big match. He's going to go against Josh Alexander for the X Division title coming up pretty soon. My guess is that El Fantasma will probably win, even though they think very highly of Josh, and Josh shouldn't lose. But you know how it is. You bring in somebody from another company, you tend to push them a lot. Carl Anderson, the machine gun Carl Anderson, took on David Finley in a very good match. Finley won, of course, as he should, but as far as a technical match, this is one of the better ones they've had in a while. I don't know why the Good Brothers are still getting title shots against Finjuice but it also goes back to my argument. I don't understand why Finn Juice, who works for a different company, have your tag team belts. That doesn't make a lot of sense. And then the final thing I wrote down for Impact Wrestling was what is the plan for Moose? Moose is a viable contender for either your you know, your title picture, which would include Kenny Omega I just mentioned, somebody else in another company who has your belt, or have him in another knockdown drag-out fight with somebody. It seems like, to me, he's about your most prominent person to be able to watch. So push Moose. He's got the chops. Push him and actually do something with him. Uh, the only thing to Ring of Honor this week that that really jumped out, they, they had a battle royal where LSG and Joe Keyes with the final two. They're going to face each other for some sort of title match. Uh, LSG is one of the top trainers for Ring of Honor in their academy. Joe Keyes is one of their recent graduates. They just wanted to feature the reaching, gra- reaching graduate. That's that's all that was for, that whole battle royal. Uh, there was a new team that kind of, they said they've been around, but I, I haven't seen them yet. They're called Primal Fear. They, uh, they're a pretty good trio. They've been all in the indie scene together. They work pretty well. The only problem was is they had to challenge... Shane Taylor Promotions, and yeah, they hung with them for a minute. But Shane Taylor Promotions, everybody in that team is two to three times bigger than everybody in Primal Fear. So, congrats to Shane Taylor Promotions for keeping those trio belts. And then, out of nowhere, we thought Silas Young and, and Josh the Goods Woods were a, a tag team again. And then they had a blow-off match where they had a pretty good match until Silas... Cheated and won, and said I didn't teach you everything, kid. So, are they a team? Are they not a team? I don't know. This is starting to sound like as the world turns or something. Brings us to UFC 256. There's only a couple moments I really want to talk about out of that. There was a lot of really good fights, but there was only a couple that really mean a lot going forward. Andrea Lee submitting. Antonia, or Antonina, Shevchenko. Yeah, that's little sister Shevchenko. Not, that's the Bullets sister for everybody keeping score at home. Um, Shevchenko spent the better part of the second round with her arm up above her head and stuck in a leg tri- or second of triangle where Andrea Lee's legs pretty much. I mean, she was there for a the majority of the time. And she finally, with about a minute to go, was kind of, moving out of it a little bit and then Andrea grabbed an arm bar and it was over in about three or four seconds because she had it stenched in and had she not tapped she would have probably shared a hospital room with Jacare Sosa, who I'm going to next He took on Andre Munez. Jacare he's 41, he's been fighting forever, he's really good He's not going to tap. He goes to shift while in a, while in an arm bar that Andre had on him. And when he goes to shift, you see a, a sudden jerk up around his upper arm shoulder area. I thought he pulled his arm out, like just out of the socket. Turns out it was a compound fracture of the upper arm. It snapped. It broke. Uh, the referee was smart enough and alert enough. He saw it happen. He immediately stopped it, even though Jacare had had kind of made the motion. Um, he's already had surgery to fix it. I don't know if he plans to keep fighting, but at this point, jock Ray's got to consider the future. You're 41, you're probably not gonna be in a title picture again. You've just had your upper arm snapped above your elbow. If not now, in the next year or so, I think you're done. And who am I to say that to you, but I think you're done. We'll go to the main card. Edson Barbosa and Shane Burgos. These two were going at it, tooth and nail, tooth and nail, and then the most bizarre, one of the most bizarre endings to a fight I've ever seen. Barbosa lands a heavy, heavy good shot, I think it was a hook, heavy good shot, right to the side of the head, right to the the jaw area of Shane Burgos. Burgos shakes it off, grins at Barbosa, which usually means good shot, I'm going to laugh it off, but that one hurt. And then, as everything looked normal, Burgos' body just shuts down. All of a sudden, he starts to stumble Kind of that that drunk walk we talk about a lot. And he kind of hits the ground, and he's out. It was like a delayed reaction knockout. I've never seen one of those before. Most of you have never seen one of these before. I've talked about this with other people all week. Burgos is, is, I think he's got the proper scans and stuff like that. He's he's checking out okay. But that is just bizarre that he would get hit in 15 seconds later. It starts to take effect. But you got to think, anytime somebody is hit hard enough in the head, jaw area, any of that like that, it shakes It shakes the head, it shakes the brain up, and who knows how the brain is going to hit and react against the skull, and it was just a delayed reaction. In the end, Edson Barbosa gets a TKO victory, and Burgos will, you know, more than likely live to fight another day. Tony Ferguson took on Benil Derush. Tony Ferguson has, uh, has lost three in a row now. He lost the unanimous decision to Darius in this one. But the heel hook that Ferguson was in at the end of this fight, heel hooks do nothing but tear tendons. I'm not saying that's not doing damage. That's, it's You don't realize the damage it's doing until you try to use that foot. And that's why Tony's still limping as of now. Uh, Benil looked great. Uh, unanimous decision winner, as I said. That was a, a fantastic he look. He kind of went through a couple different things there. It, 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 it just wasn't... Tony never had a big advantage in this fight. It, it, it never, I, never to me, did I think Benil was going to lose. And now Tony's got to think the same thing. He's like one in three in his last four fights. The pandemic's what killed him. He was on top. He was doing great things. His opponent gets COVID. They move in. Uh, was it? I think Gaethje. Gaethje fights him, drops him. Then he loses another fight. Now he loses this one. Tony Fergus is, is—he's in his late thirties too—and and loss after loss after loss. At some point, Dana's got to sit down and ask him some questions that are going to get very, very uncomfortable. That left us to the main event. Charles Oliveira, Michael Chandler. Michael Chandler won round one. Uh, I don't know if it was a 10-8 like everybody was trying to give him, including that one judge. It was a 10-9. He did control majority of majority of the first round. And To a point, he was winning the second round until Oliveira found that punch and just dropped him like he was, you know, yesterday's news. Just 19 seconds in, Charles Oliveira, after being in the UFC for like 11 years, never really getting that opportunity to be on top. He kept always being the the second or third choice a lot of times. He finally gets his opportunity He's your new lightweight champion. Congratulations to uh, Charles Oliveira. My guess is he gets the winner of Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier. A lot of people say if it's Poirier, definitely. If it's Conor, maybe not. I I think if you ask Charles Oliveira, he'll take on either one of those because, yeah, you guys know about Red Light Night. Red Light Night is a is a real thing and. Uh, Him versus Dustin is going to be a spectacular fight. Him versus Connor is going to make him a lot of money. I think he'll take either one of them. Of course, that means fight night is this Saturday. Go over some of the bigger fights that maybe you guys should be looking up to. Of course, the main event for UFC Fight Night is Rob Font versus Cody Garbrandt in the Bantamweight. Uh, don't don't discount Rob Font. Rob Font has had some spectacular moments in the octagon. Cody Garbrandt is just the one everybody likes talk <coughs> likes talking about more. Because you're looking at 18 and four versus 12 and three. Yeah, they're pretty similar as far as those records go. Um, for a bantamweight fight like this, I did pick Garbrandt, but if Rob Font won, it wouldn't surprise me one bit. Uh, Felicia Spencer is going to return for a featherweight featherweight bout versus Norma Dumont. That should be pretty good. The women's featherweight division has really kind of grasped, they grasped the whole concept of the pandemic, the shutdown. They they've really been trying to get up there and feature when they can and they've done a pretty good job of that. It's it's one division that was almost forgotten up until the lockdown and they were a lot of the ones that were raising their hands as many times as they could, so uh, Felicia and Norma are going to go at it. I say take Felicia Spencer, but once again, if Norma wins, wouldn't surprise me. They're pretty evenly matched. And then probably, this will probably be everybody's favorite fight by the end of the night. Jack Hermanson takes his 21-6 and record against Edmund Shabazian. That's a great middleweight fight. I'm not saying that because it's on their card. I'm not saying that because I'm trying to sound smart. I'm saying that because all during the last year and a half, two years, we have watched these two slug it out with everybody. And Jack Hermanson was on his way to the top until he got beat by the Irishman. So now he's looking to drop Edmund Shabazian and get right back up in the uh, title picture. Of course, I'm talking about Vittori. What Vittori did to Hermanson in short fashion because Jack was on his, his way to a big, big title match, probably the one Vittoria is currently about to have. And Vittoria took the fight on short notice because Hermanson's opponent had to drop out. I think Jack didn't see him coming, and so Marvelous Marvin took him out. But So we're looking for Jack to get back on it, and we're also looking for Shabazzian to show us that maybe he's the next elite contender. Lastly, but not leastly, because great friend of the show, is also on this card. Bellator, 259. Really, 259? I guess it would be 259. Chris Cyborg versus Leslie Smith. Bellator doesn't feature the women fights as much. It is not anything derogatory in that at all. It's just they've usually had just spectacular fight after spectacular fight. They purposely put... Cyborg versus Leslie Smith, the rematch. A couple years ago, they fought. A good handful of years, they fought. And Cyborg ended up with a victory there. Their careers kind of went different directions. Now they're back at each other for the featherweight world title. It should be really, really good. That's the headliner. Other things on the main card. you got Christian Edwards against Ben Parrish. That's four and over versus four and one. We're finally getting to the middle parts of the Bellator roster, the ones who haven't gotten a chance maybe because of the lockdown, maybe because of opportunity. A lot of these guys are undefeated with one or two losses. If they're not undefeated, we're finally getting to see, you know, the light heavyweights and the bantamweights get featured. This one should be fantastic. I would say take Christian Edwards, and I would say in the other one, give me Leslie Smith and the upset. Big Cyborg fan. She does some great things with her charity work, but give me the upset. I always like upsets. And then, got to talk about it because he is a friend of the show. We've interacted a handful of times with him. It is funny because we know Fabian Edwards is the little brother of Leon Edwards in the UFC currently. So Leon Edwards' brother is taking on Paige Van Zandt's husband. Austin Vanderford, otherwise known as Mr. Van San, a lot of guys know her because of uh, she's got a new website. But she also fights; she did some bare knuckle stuff as well. Um, Austin's ten and O guys. Austin is no slouch. He had a minor setback that almost delayed this fight, but he has been looking for this fight for a long time. You got nine and one versus ten and O. You've got UK versus USA. I've seen the training videos for both these guys. These two are going to terrorize each other for possibly three rounds. They're both super tough. I don't know if there's going to be a knockout. If one of them is able to grab an arm bar or something, maybe. But I think it's going to go the judge's decision. And at that point, it's whoever put on the best show. Uh, Another personal to Fabian, but uh, good luck, Austin. That's my pick. Because, uh, like I said, I've interacted with him a handful of times. He's a super cool guy. I'm sure Fabian is too. But I've talked more to Austin. So I'm going to go with Austin in that one. I mean, the fights they have on here are just ridiculous. Nate Andrews versus uh, uh, Saeed Awad. Tyree Fortune's taking on Grant Neal. There's a ton of good fights. These are all on Showtime. If you don't get Showtime, I think you can go through the Bellator app and get them. It's just... A super loaded card. Bellator is finally catching up to the UFC on trying to have as many events as they can and feature the biggest, baddest fighters on the planet. But I've talked to you for almost an hour. So I'm going to go on. I'm going to go watch some NXT. I'm going to go catch up on some other stuff. Oh, before I get out of here, I told you guys about an opportunity. I'm hoping I don't jinx this because there's a few more hurdles to clear as well. But if all goes well. This Saturday, I will get the chance to interact with the Team USA wrestling team. I cannot tell you when or where. You just know that it's Saturday uh, because don't forget, I love being in my car. So you can't even try to figure out a radius of where I may be going. But there's a good chance I will be able to interact with them. Uh, If you guys have questions that you would like me to ask them, you guys know how to find me and how to... Send them through here, please do so. And also, uh, thoughts and prayers and a lot of uh, good luck vibes sent my way that we can clear a couple hurdles and make this happen because uh, this this would be spectacular and uh, it's it would be unbelievable the talent level of the room that I would be in at that point. But as I said, that's all for now. We will see you guys next week. Another great edition of Strong Style. Good fight. Good night. That's great. E Marcel would say. See you guys next week.